2: Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host, Ron Baker, and on today's show, we'll be free-riding, Ron. It's Free Rider (laughs) Friday. Love it. Yes, once every month, we just kind of free-ride and talk about what's going on, potentially current events, because our show is normally topically based. But uh, in about 15 minutes, we are going to have a guest on Ron, and that is Michelle James. She is the winner of the Small Business Person of the Year contest for Sage, and we're going to interview her at quarter past the hour. I'm really looking forward to that.
3: Oh, me too. That's great.
2: Yeah, cool stuff. But let's let's start our our, our free riding off, Ron. All right. Good. Qu- quick one for you. First of all, let's go Mets, as you, as many of you know. Of I've talked course. For a huge, huge Mets I don't fan. Know, of Ed, two, two I do know. Two. I don't nothing. Know. Two nothing. Two nothing. I will admit this. It's a pivotal game. I don't know if you're aware of this run, but no, no team has ever come back in a World Series from uh, three games to nothing. There, there play. have been, there have been. I think it's happened twice that a team has come back from three nothing in a playoff series to win. But, but not uh, in the world. Not in the I West. was going to ask you what the record is for 2-0. and But believe it or not, it's, it's surprisingly high. Okay. Including the last time the Mets won in 1986, they, they lost the first two. In, and that was even worse because they lost the first two at home.
3: Anything and, to this pine tar issue on the uh, Royals catcher's shin guard?
2: Eh, you mm. know, even e- possibly, but even the uh, manager of the Mets, Terry Collins, said, look, you know, p- pine tar is all over the place, right? <laughs> it's, it is. I mean, because they, right. they the, the batters use it to rub down the bats and right, and right. hold on. And yeah, could, could bats get caught next to shin guards? Yes. Is it possible that he was rubbing it on? Yes. So people, you know, and, and just this is just magnified with any game. There were people saying that Johnny Cueto had something in his hair last night, and he was putting it on the or two nights ago he was putting on the bye. You know, (laughs) it's it's pretty hard to to you know to to prove that, and you know any advantage I guess in a World Series, but you know baseball is one of this few sports that I think actively encourages cheating, but as long as you don't get caught.
3: Well but did you hear Ed uh, not to go off on this, but Joe Montana was asked uh-huh. about the Brady scandal, and he said, "Good for him, he's cheating. that's what right. we're supposed to do
2: yeah, yeah true <laughs> try to try to find an advantage I you know not sure I buy into that but but that but it's really has been a part of baseball since the inception, right? The whole idea of a like a spitball and all that stuff, so sure, sure. Yeah, but anyway, I wanted to, don't want to necessarily free ride just just on the Mets. Although let's go Mets and hopefully they they win. But um, I want to talk to you about the new Apple TV. Oh, you know, okay, the, the new Apple TV came out today officially in stores today. The I guess it's the fourth generation mm-hmm. of Apple TV, and it's not only. Do you have an Apple TV, Ron? Uh, my brother has one. Yeah, Your brother has so you, so you're familiar with the technology. It's you know yep. just the nice little remote. Well, a couple things, I don't know if you're aware, they've first of all made it so that there's two different versions and they're leaving the third one, the, the older version, the, 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 the third generation in place. So mm. there, there goes Apple with, you know, one, one, two and three, right? Right. The three bears pricing. And interestingly enough, they are now adding memory to it, mostly because you can now download apps. To your Apple TV, and which includes, of course, games. So it is now, in addition to just the Apple TV, it's also a game console <laughs> as well. But people are complaining because, first of all, there's very few games for it, which is not all that surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, except that really Apple is usually out ahead, and usually they open and there's you know fifty thousand games day one. But the other thing is, is that they said that there's a really poor methodology for finding the apps and sorting them. So that's Mm. been a challenge opening up. But what I really wanted to do with that, first of all, I talked about the pricing and now that they have three choices, but today also Amazon announced that it is pulling off the Apple TV from the Amazon store, (laughs) can't buy Apple TV on the Amazon store. And they have no plans for introducing an Amazon Prime app Mm. for the store. Because that's one of the most complained about things is that people would really like to, you know, because if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you have all access to all this content. Right, Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Through it. And what's really curious is is I would, would think that it was Apple that was putting the kibosh on it, but the announcement today was Apple's like, nope, they can submit an, they could submit a uh, an Amazon Prime app whenever they wanted, give access to their content. We got no problem with it,
1: hmm.
2: and it, because right they, in a way this is interesting because now Apple of course is providing the content, and they want you to buy stuff through iTunes. But now, with their music app, you can have unlimited music, but they still don't have unlimited content with regard to mu- movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, they do have a Hula app and you can watch Hula through it. But, uh, you know, Amazon, a lot of people pay for Amazon Prime. They're kind of ticked that they can't, they can't watch their, their TV shows through the Apple TV. So, yeah, isn't that going to be interesting to see how this plays out? Huh?
3: That is because these two companies don't like one another very much, do they?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Didn't,
3: didn't Jobs once say about Google that I'll spend every penny in my bank account to ruin them
2: because <laughs> of the
3: Android? When yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you know. But look, Apple and IBM didn't get get along for a while either. Now you know IBM's all about Apple. So right,
3: right. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. I, I hadn't seen that. Very, very interesting.
2: Yep. All right. So you're up. That's all I wanted to What do you got? I
3: got a mucky business uh, title of an article from The Economist uh, for September 26. And Ed, it's about the Volkswagen scandal oh, and yeah. the whole emissions thing. But that's not what I want to talk about. I mean, that, you know, I think Volkswagen was very clever, um, you know, writing software that knew when the cars were being tested. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and and they acted differently, right? They behaved differently and therefore passed the emission test. But there's something that caught my eye, buried in the middle of this article that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember we did a two-part show back in September 26th and August 3rd of last year called The Top 10 Business Myths.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? And we had to divide it up into two shows because, of, you know, five per show. And do you remember what one of those myths were that we always love to talk about, which is the market share myth? Oh, yeah. Right. And and I don't know, I forget where it ranked in, in our top 10. I, I, I know it's up there a ways. Um, but, you know, The Economist goes on to report why did VW take the risk of cheating? Right. Because, I mean, they're being fined now some just enormous amount of money. And the first reason is an overwhelming desire for size. They are obsessed with surpassing Toyota. Mm. It's the largest. Now, in in some years, I believe they already have. And depending on how you count brands and whether or not you include trucks, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of funny games with these statistics, right? Who's the biggest car manufacturer? Right. but here's the interesting thing Ed even that that's interesting in and of itself right the pursuit of market share market share but here get this statistic you know we always love to talk about pareto right 2080 yep. cars carrying the vw badge make up 60% of the sales but the profit margin
2: 2% Okay then let me let me unpack this a second so this is this is cars that have the little VW label VW. on the front. They have a right? lot of different brands. They have a lot of different brands, and those cars make up sixty percent of their market sales. share. Right of oh, their say their sales. I'm sorry, and but only two percent of the profit for them. Okay, well, I say okay. The
3: profit margin on them. Profit is margin. 2%, All
2: right. Right. All right. So where wh- where where is the other? Well, are they? I would ask this question again. Do you know what? The, what the, did the article talk about what their profitability was overall? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, no, it just basically talked about their share price. They did talk about profits a little bit, uh, but they didn't give any type of breakdowns on their brands. I'm not even sure if uh, VW reports that type of information because they have some interesting brands, right? Mm. They have Bentley, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, Skoda, and Scania.
2: Mm. Okay.
3: So, but it just I found that fascinating, you know that here they are. Sixty percent of the cars they sell have a profit of two percent, and yet they just want to get bigger, bigger, bigger. Pass, surpass Toyota, surpass Toyota. Do whatever it takes to grow market share, and that's one of the reasons why they cheated on this emissions.
2: Testing. Wow, you know that's the market market share myth just keeps coming back. It's the, this whole idea that you ha, you know have got to grow market share, got to grow market share, and that that leads to profitability, yep. right? It's just
3: like uh, Richard Minniter says in the book, you know, uh, the market share myth. It's 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 the fool's gold of business.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and by the way, we're not saying that. And I think we talked about this on the show. We're not saying that you shouldn't grow sales. Of course, you can. That's that's not the not the problem. It's just, but it's it's growth without a focus on profitability is perilous, right? We've got to you know the whole profit is the price we pay for tomorrow. And the fact that market share is a
3: result of, of doing things successfully, Correct. like like Mar- like Walmart, you know, they obviously yep. they grew to a big market share, but that's because they were offering a viable, sustainable profit, a value proposition. So, yep. just thought that was really interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, true. All right, well, we got about we got about three minutes or so till our break, so let me just throw a quick one out at you, and I, this might be on your stack too because I think it was you who originally posted this, but I don't know if it, this made it into. Speaking of profit and market share, and making money. Um, it turns out Turns out you now have to pay a a price to get in to see Karl Marx's grave. Oh, you bum. You took my next item off the stack.
3: Yep. Oh, you, have <laughs> to, you have to pay to go to Highgate Cemetery. And Ed, the first time I did anything with Paul O'Byrne, it was drive to Highgate, because they put him in charge of it, because he's kind of an amateur photographer at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went up to Highgate, and that, you know, they pass out little brochures on Marx, but they didn't charge back then. But now they're charging. And when you read the story, and I read the Wall Street Journal story, yes, yes, it, yes, there's yes. lots of different stories out there, but all the Marxists are really pissed off about this. And <laughs> I was just howling. <clears throat>
2: Well, but it's not specifically to see his grave, right? It's, it's, it's just to see, because there's lots of other, other relatively famous people who are buried there.
3: Yeah, but he's got, the, he's got the most outrageous tombstone, you know, and it's not like the the, the cemetery in Paris where it, it's just kind of a beautiful place and all the tombstones are just overwhelming. His kind of really stands out, so I do think people make the trek just to see him there.
2: Okay, so he's, so he's the anchor He is absolutely. He's the anchor
3: store. Yeah, he's he's the Nordstrom or Macy's or whatever
2: of the Highgate Cemetery. Okay, two hundred
3: visitors a day, by the way.
2: Wow, wow. And I guess you know Highgate. They they just want to preserve the grounds or something. I mean, that makes total sense.
3: And and one mark that's one Marx has said. You know, well that they're paying for the upkeep around the gravesite, keep the flowers fresh and all that. So there you go. The labor theory of value lives on.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> well, 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 sorry, I, I stole that one from your stack of stuff. That's, no, that's, that's, right. a, that, that's okay. I figured we could do that one relatively quick. That's why I brought it up. But we are now uh, up against our first break. But we'd like to remind you that you can visit us on thesoulofenterprise.com. And we have post show notes up there as well as previews of upcoming shows. And we can also see our, the book that we have out there at, at thesoulofenterprise.com slash book. But when, please keep those uh, cards and letters coming by reviewing the book on amazon.com. The, those are like gold to us as well as the show on iTunes. And, but uh, in the meantime, we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results.
1: We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo? The way people buy has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. Sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper, Always Be Closing, A Guide to the New Art of Social Selling.
2: Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. And we are free riding here on Friday on the Soul of Enterprise. And now I'm very excited about our next segment here. Uh, one of the great things, Ron, about my job at Sage is that not only do I get to help make Sage a better place by sharing my talents internally, but you know I do a lot of work with our partner organizations who sell and implement our software. But lately, over the last couple of years... I've had the opportunity to work a little bit more closely with even some of the customers of Sage as I present at Sage Summit. Right. And I've just met a fascinating group of of people and entrepreneurs and who really do embody what what we ha- talk about here on our show, which is the soul of enterprise, that 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 business has not only this external material component, but that we really need to bring a spiritual component, not necessarily religious, although it can be, but a spiritual component to to business. And that's that's really what the Soul of Enterprise is all about. So I'm very proud to introduce our guest today, who is the first winner of the Sage Small Business Person of the Year, and that is Michelle James from Forever Cakes. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Michelle.
5: Thank you so, so much for having me.
2: Well, it's well, our pleasure, Michelle. Yeah, it is. So let's <laughs> let's tell your story. Tell your story. So, you, so the deal is, is that you started your business. Why? Why did you start your business?
5: I started my business because of my daughter. Um, she had an opportunity to go to L.A. and experience the modeling. Um, she's she models. She's seven years old, and so I prayed and asked God what it is that I should do to get her there. And he gave me baking. I was like, oh, baking? Me? Not <laughs> I didn't know how to bake, but this was just something that, you know, I just didn't do. And so I just got on it and started baking, and I raised more than enough money to get her back and forth to L.A. twice. And that's how I started baking. And everyone was like, are you going to stop? And I was like, no, not if you're going to continue to buy. And so it just grew from there.
2: And of, and, of course, tell, tell our listeners what happened. How would you do in the contest?
5: Um, actually, I just applied, and they had called me and told me that I was one of the winners for the week. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so um, I had a lot of different opportunities with that, which, you know, Ed, me and you spoke over the podcast. And then um, I had got a phone call from B- Brian Webb, um, who was one of the, my first contacts at the beginning Uh and he was like have you checked your email and I was like no should I check it he was like or should you tell me he I said no I'm gonna check it so I went on and checked, and I think the congratulations you're the winner of the year I was like (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs)
2: well that's great I can't
5: believe it because you put out a lot of hard work but sometimes when it comes back you really don't expect it so I was just like oh my goodness
2: (laughs) (laughs) well also tell how your daughter did in the 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 contest out in LA
5: she won first place and she brought home a thousand dollars for an educational grant she had a one-year contract with a model modeling agency out of LA and she had a free free photo shoot so she took first place yes (laughs)
2: Wow. and this is all this is all this is this is all because you noticed that she liked to look at herself in the mirror right?
5: <laughs> yes, like when she was like two she would do all these poses, and um my godmother who which has a model agency, she just worked with. Um, adults, and I was like, how about you put on a fashion show for little kids, and she agreed to it and did it, and I put her in that show, and she had been in fashion show after fashion show after fashion show, so she had been keeping me busy, and this business Have been keeping me busy, so Yes.
3: So Michelle that's interesting. You're, you we always like to ask entrepreneurs what what the bug was that got them into it. And and yours was specifically to to raise money to get your daughter out to LA?
5: Yes, that was it.
3: And and now and how long have you been in business now?
5: Um, actually I she went to L.A. last year in July, and so the business picked up, like, really Thanksgiving last year. I had so many orders for Thanksgiving, and at that point, I said, you know what? I um, went to school. I took the class to get my hand and sanitation license. I called the IRS. I got my EIN number. Um, I just went, you know, everything. I got my logo trademarked. I had someone do a logo for me. I um, sent that off and got that trademark. and. So I took all the necessary steps that I needed to, you know, to um, be better and make the business grow. And so that's how it started really last year in November. It really kicked off. And I did all the paperwork for everything this year in January.
3: Wow. And there is a lot of hurdles you have to jump through and hoops, isn't there, to get a business in in Chicago?
5: (laughs) 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 Yes, it is. And a lot of marketing. I was actually putting um, flyers on people's cars, going to different state farms, going to different restaurants. Um, You know, hey, you don't have no cakes in here. Um, You want to try mine? You know, (laughs) So I was doing all that to get Forever Cakes out. And now um, I'm actually, Ed, I just passed my exam to be a, um, a Wilton certified instructor. So I um, got my paperwork um, in the mail the other day, so I just passed that exam.
2: Well, congratulations. so, so yet another yes.
5: aspect, huh? Yes, uh, I, 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 yes, I did another. yes.
2: <laughs> and
3: Michelle, what kind of cakes does forever cakes make? Do you specialize in, in a particular type or all kinds? Mm-hmm.
5: Well, all kinds. At first, when I first started baking, it was just like chocolate and banana pudding cakes and strawberry shortcakes and caramel cakes, you know, the regular cakes. So now I have moved up and I do like funded cakes, you know, the big cakes with the funded on it and the SpongeBob and Elsa and different things like that. So I kind of specialize in everything, chocolate covered strawberries. I have done fruit baskets for Valentine's Day, so cookies and, you know, yes, everything. Um bacon apple pie you know whatever anybody throw out there to me they say can you do this and I say yes and then I think about like oh my goodness I just said yes but I better make it happen so Uh yes
3: (laughs) now do you have a storefront bakery
5: no I don't not now I'm still out of my home but I'm working towards my bakery to be open next year
3: do you have any employees that help you? It sounds kind of no, busy.
5: <laughs> it, it is and I do it all by myself. <laughs>
3: wow. wow, that's a 24/7 job.
5: Yes, I do it all by myself.
2: So you said that you never really baked before. Did you did you have you developed a love for it or did you have a, a little bit of an aptitude for it or or just something that no, you guess, just said, "Nope, oh, it's got I'm going to baking. That's going to be it."
5: Well, you know, like at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, you know, bake a cake every now and then or something like that. But no, I never really did it like that, you know. And so when I did it, I was surprised at the passion that I have for I love it. Like, I would just sit at the table and come up with it. I didn't know. I would never thought that that was, like, what i supposed to be doing. And it just took... My daughter, her dream, and for some that to bring it out, bring it out of me. Um, thank God for the vision, I should say.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it just drove you forward that you wanted to, to you know, do, get this this for your daughter. And you know, it's, it's surprising what we can come up with when we really uh, put put our minds to it and tackle it. And yeah, it, it is. I mean, those things are very artistic. They they very take, take an awful lot of time to get them just yes, right it too, does. don't they?
5: Yeah. Yes, it does. It
2: take a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, what what are you thinking about in terms of the future? You mentioned that you would like to do a storefront, but do you have 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 some kind of plans on what you might want to specialize in? Are you looking maybe a general bakery, bakery, or are you still looking for these really you know specialized cakes that are specifically for special occasions?
5: You know, I think I want to kind of be an all-around type business when it comes to the bakery where you can come in and you can get cookies or you can um, get your chocolate covered strawberries or, you know, so I want to kind of bring out all the stuff that I've been learning and doing. You know, I want to have it available, and so um I won't just just specialize just in one thing I know people go crazy over my caramel cakes and the banana pudding cakes but I won't specialize in one particular thing I, it will just something different where you can come in and whatever you see you know you can be able to get because it's sitting out so you have a variety is what I'm trying to say so yes.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, still, that's the uh, awful lot. will will be going into that. And I, I just appreciate the fact that, you know, people have uh, your, your, the dream and make, make them reality. So, um, what, what else about what, what's the, your, the, your, the most favorite cake that you've made so far?
5: Um, let me see. Oh, I did. Remember, I told you the Michael Kors purse, which shocked me. (laughs) (laughs) I know because someone said, can you make this? And I said, yes. And again, I'm like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do this? But I set up the table and I made that cake in an hour and a half.
1: You know, the decorations
5: and stuff. Uh-huh. And the response that I got from that cake, like, oh, that looks like a real purse. That <laughs> cake will forever sit in my heart as I make something that's just much more spectacular than that. But I didn't think that, you know, I can't do it when I got the job to do it. But it was amazing the after work that came behind that cake. So, yes, that cake there. Yes. I love that cake. <laughs> that was well, my biggest accomplishment thus far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well I hope you, I hope you put lots of pictures out, out of them out. Um, do, are you now wh- how can somebody get a hold of you? What's the best way?
5: Um I have a um, Facebook page which is Forever Cakes. Then okay. they can reach me at Make It Last Forever eighty two at yahoo.com. Or they can visit my website at www. slash eighty two.
2: Okay, but uh, as I recall, that you so facebook.com slash forevercakes is is that that's that's where the, your what your uh, Facebook page is, right?
5: Yes, that's why I post mostly everything up every time I do something, like once a week or every day. I just posted breast cancer cupcakes that I did yesterday, so I post to that page um, every time I do something so more often than the website so they will pretty much be able to see anything on that page
2: alright well Michelle thank you so much for being a guest on the Solar of Enterprise you truly are what this show is about and, uh, and, we, and we, we're we honored to have you on as a guest so thank you so much thank you so much so Michelle thank
5: you for having me and you guys have a blessed day you too alright
2: congratulations again all right, and Ron, we're, we're up against our break, but what a great story, isn't
3: it? Yeah, absolutely, totally inspiring. Does it's just one of those things? How many entrepreneurs started in the kitchen, you know, and right. then grew,
2: <laughs> grew an empire. I, I love know. It. Just, just fantastic. But so anyway, great story, Michelle. And ha- the, for those of you out there, we do uh, monitor Twitter um, hashtag #AskTSOE as well as at TSOE if you want to get a hold of us via Twitter. So we, that that's a that's a good place for you to go down. But uh, also, we want to hear now from our sponsor Zamba.
1: We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo, the way people buy, has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. Sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper. Always be closing a guide to the new art of social selling.
0: Four new employees, a 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today.
4: Have you ever read a book that changed your life? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All over the country, I've seen it the same.
3: right, well, welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Free Rider Friday, and uh, that was an inspiring uh, segment with Michelle Ed. You know. Yeah. One of our passions, I think, or one thing that we kind of keep an eye on is the pharmaceutical industry. I think you brought up on our last show the the guy who bought that company and increased the price of the drug to, to yep. 50. He bought the marketing rights, by the way. I've since learned uh, to that, just the marketing rights. But um, I wanted to throw something else at you. The, the FDA currently has a compassionate use policy that allows patients with dire diagnosis. These are just, you know, hey, you've got three months type of thing Mm -hmm. uh, to go ahead and access drugs that have only passed phase one clinical trials, but they've been judged to be safe. Okay, But a doctor has to, you know, comply with tons of paperwork. I mean, literally they say it's just a ton of applications to get a patient through these compassionate use policies.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, now... There's something called right to try laws. Yes. And they are in place in Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, um, and Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, Virginia, and Wyoming. And California's got one sitting on the governor's desk. Now, I haven't looked to see if he signed it, but these allow you to go ahead and take a drug um, you know, even though it, it maybe hasn't passed uh, FDA full trial, but if you've got a fatal diagnosis, you should be, you know, you should have the right to these drugs. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the Goldwater Institute out of um, Arizona that that really did a lot of work on this and getting these drugs into uh, getting these laws passed in various states. And so far, the FDA hasn't challenged these right to try laws, and they say if they did, they'd be crazy because. Uh, they'll lose twice. Not only will they lose in court, but they'll lose in the in public opinion court as well.
2: Yeah, no, I think they definitely lose in the public opinion court. I mean, but I, you know, I think that the, the challenges with with any of these things is if they don't challenge it, Ron. What d- doesn't that? does Does't that allow um, the the idea of, of states' rights or federalism to to trump the idea of the of the FDA as a national organization right as a as a yep. um, so so they're in danger if they don't challenge it because other people could say well if the if if we don't have to listen to what the FDA says, why do we have to listen to what the, the FCC says right, right? Exactly.
3: or or the, look at the marijuana laws.
2: Uh-huh. right
3: it, it does bring up really interesting Tenth Amendment issues and and um you know I, I, I haven't done enough research on it to know what the FDA stance on this is, but one thing I don't know it is how many people trigger, you know, trigger this. It could just be failed diagnosis or just in the the hundreds of thousands. you know, mm-hmm. I just don't know how many patients this affects, so maybe the FDA will just let it happen.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, there, there is a, some challenges, too, and you think about this, and from an ethical standpoint, you know, we do have, we don't have any, m- or many, fewer states have right to die laws, right? Mm-hmm. Although California's
3: um, looking at that, too. That's, I think, going to be passed, or it has passed.
2: Right, and, and look, there, I, there, there's two levels of that, right? There's the assisted suicide stuff, and then there's just the, do I have the right to just refuse treatment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So so let's just take the, the probably less controversial case of the refuse treatment yep. one and say, well, somebody square rationally, morally, logically, <laughs> philosophically, any way you want to do this, this idea that I, I don't have the right to refuse treatment, but I am being prevented from trying treatment. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm right 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 yes, yes. <laughs> I mean there's just, I just don't know how you could square that circle at all in any way. So uh, hopefully this is going in the, in the right direction because I, I you know, I, 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 why not right if, why not what, what's what's the the worst that can happen is it does uh, affect them in some way and the best that can happen is that there we do find some miracle cures for some of this stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean it's kind of a crack in the dike and and you know, the compassionate use policy came about, I think, as a result of the AIDS, you know, epidemic back in the eighties and nineties, and and you know, these people had a fatal diagnosis back then and it was mm-hmm. like, hey, we gotta put some of these drugs. They also got drugs on a fast track for approval to get it through the FDA process quicker. And I think it's just another crack in the dike, maybe, of challenging the, the FDA's supremacy in approving drugs.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, good on him. I root for him. I do too. So
3: good work, uh, Goldwater Institute and the others who who passed those right to try laws. I think that's a real outstanding move in the right direction.
2: Yep. No, I, I completely agree. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, Ed, what do you got? So here's the question. This is along the government intervention or not situation. Would you be willing to allow the government to put a device in your car that would monitor the way you drive.
3: (laughs) Right. If you're speeding or just Mm -hmm. all of that, Um, you you know, we're kind of, we're somewhat there with tolls, right? I mean, you've got Mm -hmm. the fast pass or whatever it is, uh, but I think this is a little bit more invasive, right?
2: Right. Because here's the thing, because the answer is you probably say no. Right. No. Yes, I I do say no, yes. Right. But what about if an insurance company said, Hey, listen, put plug your this device into your I guess it's O D B thing. Progressive. another aggressive right they're, they're doing it and a couple of others I think Allstate's states doing it now as well with some and there's some apps dash is one uh, on, on the iPhone any platform anyway maybe there's that uh, they also exist on Android but they will give you 20% off your insurance for being able to you know and this is in air quotes now watch you drive yep and monitors, you know, how many uh, breaks, uh, uh, quick stops you come to, as well as accelerations. By the way, that's the other Absolutely. thing that they're, they're looking looking into. So, and where, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people will will opt opt for that, right? Sure. So the question then becomes: Is in general, we tend to say that we trust government. That most people, I'm not saying you and I, I'm saying that people trust trust government. Mm-hmm. But yet, when it comes to stuff like that, they're like, nope, absolutely not. But I will trust a large corporation to do it because I can get a better price. I mean, right. <laughs> I don't know. Is it—is it the incentive? Is it just the better price thing that makes it work? I mean, I don't know if I would do it for a 20% reduction or some maybe dollar amount off by my taxes. I, I wouldn't
3: do it, Ed. For, it hasn't tempted me uh, you know, to get a break on my auto insurance, but I, I, you know, I'm all for people having the choice. Uh, of doing it, I, I don't have a problem. But isn't it kind of similar to the information that we give to Google or Facebook or, you know, when something's free, right? You are the product, right? <laughs> right? They're mining your information and all of that, and I, and and loyalty programs, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We all sign up for these loyalty programs at our grocery mart or pharmacy or whatever, and man, they track everything we buy mm-hmm. or Amazon.
2: Yep. Have you gotten Have you gotten the the ads yet Ron, as you're walking by a store and all of a sudden you get an alert? Boop, you know there's a Starbucks close yes. by. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely, yep, 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 very clever, yeah, <clears throat> some of them are creepy. I know we've talked about this before. Some of them are creepy, like didn't you buy a shirt or something with the Mets in Texas? And, yeah. yeah, you know sometimes you know, but but you bought it. I did. I know Because you were interested in it, and they kind of knew that their algorithms knew that, so I think sometimes they get it right.
2: They 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 get it right probably way more often than we would be willing to admit.
3: Yeah, I think so. You right. know, I have to say Amazon nails me on book recommendations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how many
3: books I bought that I would have never known about mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for their recommendation.
2: Right, right, and you know, and, and well, we and we've talked about this too—the idea of switching costs, and you would never consider ordering anything from Noble dot com or BN dot com. Right. Why bother?
3: Yeah. No, I'm too far into Amazon.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hence, hence relating back, my first story is like you know that the whole A- Apple Amazon convergence on because you know Amazon clearly has the book thing down, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they are just far and away the the leader. I guess there's what is it, the Nook, right? And yep. the other That's ones true. that that the, the, these other e-readers, but Kobe I mean, or whatever. Yeah, yep. we talk to yep. anybody, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you can always have the Kindle app on your iPad, right? Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, but that, you know, I'm just just wondering if that if where where that's where that's how that's going to play out. So,
3: and the other th- interesting thing about this auto thing, Ed, is I think for uh, you know they it's used also by parents for teenagers, right? There's various apps you can use to check how your your kids driving, and um, I I could see the usefulness of that. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And you just 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 plug it in and like I said I I have one of these things. It's not connected to my insurance company yet, but I did I did get the the connector for it cuz I mostly because I have an older model car that's kind of like my airport car. You know, I drive mm-hmm. to and to and from the airport basically and and maybe baseball practices on the weekends, but um and i really want to got it to to monitor the car because i want to make sure hey it's not not breaking down there's not some you know major major thing happening to the car a little bit ahead of time but as a side benefit like all all of the stuff that i didn't know that i was getting is all of this information about my driving
1: mm
2: mm-hmm. right and it and it gives you like this driver rating mm
3: mm-hmm. mm
2: and, and trying to tell you that you you know you overall you go too fast or too slow. Now, what I don't think it's doing just yet is understanding that I am dri- driving on roads where the speed limit is actually 75, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. Cuz we here here in Texas we do have yes, that. Yes, are in
3: Texas. Yes. <laughs> We've only so, got that
2: on our interstate. So So it it, te- it tells me that I drive awful fast, which I I I guess I do, but it is the speed limit. <laughs> right.
3: You know, as I remember uh, talking to some actuaries about this plug-in tool, you know, for the car and how that is affecting auto insurance, and I do remember them saying it wasn't really popular. You know, not a lot, not a lot of uptake on it. But you know, actuaries tend to like anything that, give the, that gives them more information. Mm-hmm. Because they really do try and set prices by segment, right? That's why teenage kids, boys pay more than teenage girls for auto insurance, right? They're yep. more reckless sure. uh, and all of that. And it's kind of the same with helmet laws. You know, they don't really like helmet laws because helmet laws gave them information or, 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 you know, whether or not you wore a helmet gave them information. And mm-hmm. if you were the type to wear a helmet, then you're probably more responsible and your insurance rates might be lower.
1: So, know. they like
3: anything that gives them information.
2: Yep. Nope. Nope. Cool stuff. Yeah.
3: So, well, yeah, great stuff. And, uh, folks, we need to take a break, but I'd like to remind you you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at varisage.com. And we know many of you listen on demand. So, if you could keep those iTunes uh, ratings coming in, that would be wonderful. And you can also follow the show live at hashtag ask TSOE. And we do follow that. And now we want to hear from our sponsor and Ed's employer, Sage.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. for new employees, a 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit BelieveInYourNumbers.com today. You've experienced it. Marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us.
4: Have you ever read a book that changed your life? The business community's first choice in internet talk radio: Voice America Business Network. The mountain is high, the valley is and you on I
3: All right, well, welcome back to Freerider Friday, everybody. And Ed, you know we love prediction markets. Oh, yeah. We haven't done a show on them yet, but uh, we should. We should. Because I think they're really cool, and they're being used more and more inside of companies to predict things like Christmas sales or whether a drug will pass uh, FDA testing, that type of thing.
2: Interesting. Yeah. One of
3: the most famous uh, political prediction markets is the Iowa Electronic markets. I think they changed the name. It used to be like the Iowa election markets or something, but mm-hmm. I think they call it now the Iowa electronic markets. And when you look at the 2016 presidential election, this is the winner take all market. So, okay. what would it cost to buy a dollar share, right? We've mm-hmm. got the Democrats at 57.5 cents and the Republicans at 41.4 cents.
2: Mm. Wow.
3: That's very interesting. <laughs> now, I also wanted to tell you, remember, in what was it, in-trade?
2: Yes, yes. is no trade. more, think, right?
3: It's no more. I think they were, I forget what country. I thought they were in Ireland or something. But I anyway, think you're they're right, gone. yeah. But now there's a new one called Predictit. Predictit.org. Ah. They're out of New Zealand, I believe. And when you go and you look at, now they're a little bit more detailed in the IOE electron, electronic markets. Here you go. I'm going to read you the highlights. And I've okay. and just refreshed this, so this is as best as I have as of today. Who will be the 2016 Republican nominee? Your choices are Rubio selling for 46 cents a share or Trump for 26 cents a share. Wow. Who, uh, who will win the 2016 U.S. presidential election? Clinton, 62 cents. Rubio, 27 cents. Hmm. There you go, Ed.
2: So now let's remind everybody what this is, which is, okay, if you really, really think that Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States, you can go buy basically a dollar. Right. Pay, a payable, a, a dollar payable on the day after the election for 62 cents. Correct. Right. Or so you can buy
3: Rubio doing. for 27 cents. Right, so it's you know it's it's kind of equated to odds, but it's actually these what makes these prediction markets so fascinating is it's kind of like the wisdom of the crowds. Mm-hmm. The theory is you know when more people bet, they're more knowledgeable. Um, you know they may have a little bit insider information or better experience or whatever. And these things tend to be fairly accurate. Now, I don't know about PredictIt.org because I think it's only been around for less than a year. Right. But the IOE electronic markets, I believe, date back to 1988, and they have a pretty good record when you compare them to polls. Yes. Um and so, you know, these things stop and give you a pause, uh, you know, because it's, kind of, it's, it's easy to get lost in the cloud of, you know, daily polls and the media and the, the debates and who's up and who's down. This but these prediction markets tend to be a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. And they really are showing Trump at 26 cents.
2: Well, th- this, the, you know, this gets to something that we talk about often, which is, are we asking the right question, right? Because the question asked in a poll is, who are you going to vote for? Right. Right. The question that's asked in a prediction market is no, who do you think is going to win? Right. And, and, right. and put your money where your mouth and is. And put your money where the mouth is. Right. Right. You gotta, you've got to put, put that up. So, now, it, yeah, it, that's it's interesting. not
3: gambling because it's small amounts of money. And I think that's how they fly under the radar of Internet gambling. We're not talking, you know, you can't place like a million you know, dollar bet here. <laughs> um, but <Yes. laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it also brings up kind of a side issue below. This is the whole FanDuel thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, they are being investigated by the attorney generals in various states, Yes, and I, do, I do think you're going to see these guys just get hammered uh, for internet gambling, even though they say it's skills based.
2: Right, because they say it's skill based because you get to pick your team, so you, right. it's a it's a skill. But you know, so you get but you buy that logic. So is poker because you because you get to trade in cards, right? Right, you get right. you get to say I don't want these cards, so that there's a there's a skill involved in that. And I, look, I think that there's something to be said for that. You don't. You, You're not randomly going to win a poker tournament in Las Vegas randomly, right? right? Just randomly throwing it. it, it, So there is a a skill piece of it, uh, but there's also a chance piece of it. And I guess that's what they're going to have to parse out: is how much is skill, how much is chance, and figure it from there. Yeah, It, it,
3: it it's another great illustration too out of the whole bootlegger Baptist. Yes. alliance because you've got the NFL of course supporting FanDuel cuz of course it drives TV ratings and it drives mm-hmm. you know revenue to teams and all of that so it's just a real interesting study and in, uh, you know interests coming together
2: yes interesting who does not support it though the NCAA <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah,
2: it doesn't feel so good for somebody else scamming money off you, making money off of your product, does it now? Huh? Interesting. Oh, yeah. You think you're yeah. so right? They're 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 worried. Yeah. Well, these guys are making money off of our product. Okay, but you're making money off of the the student student athletes. Remember exactly. our exactly. Uh, reminds me of that South Park South episode. Park. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, just also on predicted is who will be the 2016 Democrat nominee. Uh, Clinton is at 82 cents. Sanders is at 20 cents. And then they have a market on will Biden run? And <clears throat> yes is six cents, and no is 94 cents. So, um, pretty interesting stuff. But, um, as you look at this political season and all of this stuff going on, I'm just reminded of Melton Friedman's line, Ed, that the point is not to elect the right people so they, to do the right things. The point is to design the system so that the wrong people do the right things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Amen, Melton Friedman. Amen, Milton Friedman. Nope, nope, got that for sure. All right. You're up, Ed. All right. Uh, I, 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 I got to get one more in after this. So let me just tell you this. Okay. It, 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 do, the, do this quick and then you do a quick one. Um, Adidas is now coming out with 3D printed shoes. I love it. 3D printed shoes that are, are molded perfectly to fit your, your, your foot. All now, right, is so
3: this at the stores themselves?
2: Uh, yeah I believe you ha- you have to go into the store to get this and they will mold it and then send you your shoes right um, so, so but this is it's 3d printed to make sure that you that it's it's actually perfect fit for your foot beautiful. pretty cool stuff beautiful i lo- I yeah. love it i 3
3: d printing just opens up I, I my mind can't even grasp it with yeah. what, what the possibilities of 3D printing.
2: Okay, right. You throw out a, throw out a quick one. Oh, wow, quick one. Uh, how about
3: eBay? You know, the first auction on eBay was for a broken laser writer, and it is sold in September of 1995 for $14.83. But, Ed, today, oh, only about 20% of the things sold on eBay go off by auction. Even though economists, we love auctions, right? Because then it goes mm-hmm. to the person who values it the most and pays the most and all of that. Most things now are sold just on a fixed price or best offer. You know, the whole buy it now. Buy it now, yeah. Buy it now button. And the interesting thing about buy it now, you talk about anchoring effect, Ed. The higher that buy it now button is, the 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 final auction price or best offer price is actually higher, the higher that buy it now button is because people perceive it as more valuable. But, wow. I just thought it was interesting that eBay is no longer an auction site. We can't you know that's kind of its uh its frame, but it's no longer an auction site for the most part
2: interesting okay, cool. All right, can I throw another one out at you? you bet have you seen this? This is the bottoms up beard dispensing system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll post this because there's a YouTube video clip of this. So that the deal is this guy invented a system – where you fill, you can fill the glass, the beer from the bottom of the glass up. So what it is is, imagine you have your, your glass, and then there's a little metal disc that's say about the size of a, I don't know, half dollar or something. If, if anybody knows what a half dollar is,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you
2: gotta be yep. old to, to know what a half dollar is. And that, so that middle disc sits at the bottom, and then basically you put the the, the beer glass on top of the filling system, and because that then shoots the beer up from the bottom. It, it, I mean, it fills it like almost instantaneously, and of course, there's no big foam head, right,
3: right? Right. Sure. And then when you,
2: and then when you pull, when you pull the 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 beer glass off, the disc then falls down to the bottom, and then it magnetically seals to the bottom, right of the bottom of the glass. All right, but here's the kicker. Here's the cool stuff: is that not only is like that just cool. Right, and you can uh, fill I don't know eight times the amount of beer that you can. Right? <laughs> but just uh, absolutely insane. But the little discs, keep, you can now sell as on uh, an advertising on the little disc.
3: Holy smoke! That's <laughs> oh that's awesome. Somebody's either got way too much time on their hands or is a genius.
2: That, oh, that's genius. I <laughs> that mean, you're gonna you're gonna see this all over the place. Can you yeah, imagine? Sure
3: yeah sure oh i can't i haven't seen this i can't wait to see that youtube video
2: yeah bottoms up beer dispensing gonna love it gonna love it so hey ron what do we got coming up next week
3: we're in your wheelhouse next week ed with proper project management i'm just gonna say ed what is project management and that's it (laughs) i'm gonna turn you off and then just let you
2: go so i'm really looking forward to that it's gonna be fun
3: see you in 167 hours
2: This has been the soul of enterprise business in the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage, supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.